You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now on to the show. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Podcast. I am thrilled today to just be introducing you to fertility dietitian and just expert of all things that come to trying to conceive Alyssa Broadwater. Um, Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you are just, um, I, I view you as kind of a sage of wisdom when it comes to preparing during this preconception and trying to conceive period. I just so appreciate all of the things that you post. Um, and, and I think for me, one of the biggest things that stands out about what you do is how clear you are at um, just breaking down what can kind of feel like a really, really overwhelming topic of what to eat for, for fertility, you know, making dietary and lifestyle changes for fertility. Um, and, and so first of all, I just want to just acknowledge that to anyone who's listening um, as the shout out of go check out Alyssa on Instagram, give her a follow. Um, but, but one of the things that I know you've talked about um, many times and really has resonated with me is this concept of thinking about fertility nutrition as more than just this preconception period. And I wondered if we could just like pause here for a minute and you could just kind of break that down for us. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I know you have kind of like talked really well about this, of, of course, like all of Thank these you. lifestyle and nutrition things are so important for mm. um, fertility and getting that, you know, positive pregnancy test and like huge, huge part of that. Um, but I think it's also important to kind of understand Uh, you know, potentially even more reasons to really think about uh, nutrition and lifestyle um, preconception. You know, the goal, of course, is to get that positive pregnancy test, Mm -hmm. but really the ultimate goal is to have a healthy child at the end of all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And to kind of go through these reasons, it just gives more drive and motivation to Mm -hmm. put in the work now preconception um, to really kind of make sure you're setting yourself and your child up as best as you can for the future. So we of course know that nutrition absolutely will increase fertility. Um, But we also know that nutrition and lifestyle preconception is also going to impact the future health of the child. Mm -hmm. We kind of break this down into two categories. So it's going to impact the health of that developing baby during pregnancy, Mm -hmm. as well as as that child grows into adulthood as well. Um, So let's kind of break that down a little bit. So we can alter disease risk for that child through something called epigenetics. Mm-hmm. Of course, we can't change the genes that we're giving to our children, but what's really cool is that we can change how those genes work and we can pass on those more preferable epigenetic traits to our offspring. So that mm-hmm. epigenetic is kind of that like above genetics of, yes, mm-hmm. we can't change our genes, but we can change how they work and we can pass those things on to our future children. And that's kind of one of the main ways that we're impacting um, the future health of that child is through those epigenetic changes. Mm-hmm. Um 
Yeah, I I love that. I'm just going to say I love that, especially in light of, um, I I feel like not that, I mean, there's value, of course, but I I feel like so often I've had conversations with people, I'm sure you have as well, but they get hung up on one gene as being the be all end all. And Mm -hmm. so I love what you just said, because it's, um, it brings to light even, I don't know, more of a positive vision and a focus and a a reason, um, and, and really a plan, um, Obviously we didn't break it down, but you know, it it gives it there's options. And I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So then that can impact the like actual health of the pregnancy. And then, like I said, Mm -hmm. as the child grows into adulthood as well. So during pregnancy, we know that male fertility and sperm quality impacts overall fertility and chances of getting that positive pregnancy test. But oftentimes we miss that male fertility and that sperm quality also impacts miscarriage risk. Mm, And then even the growth and function of the placenta, which this one just absolutely blows my mind. I swear every time I learn more about the human body and fertility, Mm -hmm. the more and more I'm fascinated. Um, So we know through research that dad's genes actually help build the placenta more than mom's genes, which is absolutely crazy. So this means that um, dad's health preconception is directly influencing how mom adapts to the pregnancy because, Mm. you know, of course the placenta is kind of that cross connection between mom Mm -hmm. and baby. Um, And it influences baby's nourishment because that's how baby is getting um, its its nutrients and everything Mm -hmm. is through that placenta. And ultimately, dad's genes and his health preconception are influencing baby's growth. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, I swear, I'm just more and more fascinated by the human (laughs) body by the day. Um, And we could even see through research that chemicals in semen, like lead, for example, um, can actually circulate in a woman before and during pregnancy, which can impact the mother's inflammatory responses. And that has implications on the health of the pregnancy. Mm, Um, So of course it's, you know, for whatever reason, we always tend to think of fertility and the female partner, but of course the male partner very much makes a big difference Mm -hmm. as well. And trying to focus on these good lifestyle things for the male in that preconception period, it's really helpful as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, mom's nutrition preconception can also impact that risk of miscarriage and risk of pregnancy Mm -hmm. complications like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia. That's that's all amazing. (laughs) Just amazing to see how, I mean, just as you break that down, it's not not just about women eating well. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of time we just kind of dismiss it, not all the time, but you know, that dismission of, oh, I've done my part. It'll carry the load, but there's really that burden for both partners to, um, to, to prioritize this period. Absolutely. Yeah. We tend to think of, um, the male partner's only job as that fertilization, Mm -hmm. but it's really goes much more beyond that. Um, and then we, we know as the child grows into adulthood, both maternal and paternal, both mom and dad's nutrition status, preconception, can predispose that child to chronic diseases Mm. like cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, um, pancreas dysfunction, like diabetes, obesity, and endocrine changes. So endocrine changes are those hormone changes, and that Mm. can actually influence future fertility. So Mm. hang with me here for a second, because it's kind (laughs) of crazy. So what this means is 
if you are pregnant with a girl, females are born with all of the eggs that she will ever have. And I'm sure you've talked about like that, you know, it, it doesn't mean we can't impact egg quality and all of that type of stuff. But it is true that a female is born with all of the eggs she will have. So if you are pregnant with a baby girl, that baby girl's eggs are forming while she is still in your womb. So you are impacting her future fertility and even the health of her, of your future grandchildren. And that holds true for men too. So even though males um, you know, continually form new sperm. They're, they don't form sperm in the womb like females form eggs in the womb. Um, that process is much shorter. But even if you are pregnant with a boy, what you are eating and doing preconception and continues during pregnancy will impact that little boy's future um, fertility as wow. well, which is just another one that just absolutely <laughs> blows the mind. Wow. So for wow. me, someone that's super passionate about preventative health, mm-hmm. like this is the ultimate prevention, <laughs> oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's both exciting and such a great responsibility when you, yeah. as you're breaking this down about um, thinking through these changes um, and kind of trying to implement them before getting pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. And then really the last um, kind of piece of that then is, you know, uh, just another reason why we want to think about these things preconception is we can have all of these great plans of I'm going to eat X, Y, and Z, and this is the lifestyle that I'm going to have during pregnancy, but that doesn't always happen. (laughs) Things like nausea, food aversions, fatigue, all of those things are very real, especially Mm -hmm. in that first trimester. And we know that very, very important development happens in that first trimester. For example, baby's brain development starts just at week three. So super, super early, Mm -hmm. probably before you even know you're pregnant. And then by week eight, the rudimentary structures of the brain and the central nervous system are established. So basically what's really important here to know is, um, uh, Um, that really early embryo and that um, really early development, that is all being nourished by your endometrium. Hmm. And that's what's getting built up prior to pregnancy. So basically, Hmm. if you're able to really focus on getting all of these good uh, nutrients, really focusing on um, nailing down your lifestyle as much as you can preconception, it gives you a little bit more wiggle room to feel like you don't have to eat perfectly <laughs> in the first trimester. I hope you never feel like you have to eat perfectly, but it gives you a little yeah, bit more yeah. of that peace of mind. Like if all I can get down is crackers and applesauce, it is not the end of the world because you've built up all of those good nutrient stores preconception. And then hopefully by the second trimester, some of those symptoms have subsided and you can kind of get back to your original game plan, being able to to eat more nutrient dense foods more often. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I feel like, um, and obviously every pregnancy is different. I'm thinking through as you're talking about this, how with my last pregnancy, um, just really had a great, we've, we had, um, not fully planned, but a full year of just really intentional prep. And then when we got pregnant, the only thing I wanted to eat was mashed potatoes, 
covered in bone broth while laying on the couch. (laughs) And it was like a solid eight weeks. And that's all I wanted to eat. But, Mm -hmm. but then you get back to it and it's like, okay, now I'm ready. And I I can actually like, I can make the food. I I feel like I can eat, eat, eat more foods, you know? Um, But I just want to share that as kind of like the, you go in thinking, ah, it's no big deal. And then it it can be um, a surprise. Yeah, totally. You just never know. And it's so reassuring to know that, okay, I put in all of this work so I can really like take the pressure off of myself a little bit and just kind of go into survival mode. Oh, yes, yes. Well, you know, as you've broken this down beautifully and just talking about um, the, the really the, the intent and the purpose behind thinking about nutrition before getting that positive test. Um, but let's switch gears a little bit and talk uh, for a few minutes about maybe some of the small changes that we could try to just introduce um, because it can seem really overwhelming um, especially if making more intentional nutritional choices is completely new so so where where would you have someone start what what are some small things that you say these are these are manageable Um, what does that look like Yeah, so I'm going to break this down um, between males and females because there is a little bit of a difference, but in all honesty, like a good preconception diet looks very similar for males and females, but I do think that like those kind of where to start um, tends to be a little bit different here. So for for females, I think one of the easiest like first steps is simply eating more protein. Hmm. I really like when I'm working with clients to focus on things like what's a what's a relatively simple or relatively um, easily implemented thing that is going to have multiple Mm. benefits. So, you know, you're killing multiple birds with one stone there. Um, And protein really fits that bill. So females in general tend to under eat protein a little bit. Mm. So by increasing um, protein, it's really going to help with um, uh, hormone balance, like blood sugar control, you know, having a good amount of protein with each meal is going to help make sure that our blood sugar is a little bit more stable throughout the day. We're not getting as many cravings and all of those Mm -hmm. kind of more practical things. And of course, it just helps us meet our our protein needs. Mm -hmm. But I think probably the more important piece of that is most of your protein rich foods are also going to bring a lot of the micronutrients, the Mm. vitamins and minerals that many women need to really focus on preconception. Um, so let's just take like the primary example of breakfast. First Mm -hmm. of all, I hope that you're eating breakfast, at least (laughs) something in, um, which can be really important for, for hormone health. Um, but you know, if we just take the classic example of if you're having like a bagel and cream cheese or, um, cereal with like low fat milk or something like that. Um, both of those are going to be, uh, a little bit inadequate in protein. So let's just say that we take that bagel and cream cheese and we just add a couple of eggs to it. Mm. So the eggs are going to be a really fantastic source of protein because you're adding that protein in your blood sugar is going to be much more stable. Um, You're hopefully very full and satisfied. So you don't have to think about food for, you know, a couple of hours. Um, And it gives you that really good kind of sustained energy Mm -hmm. in the morning. But then something, especially like eggs, is so nutrient dense. 
It's filled with tons of vitamins and minerals that are really, really important for fertility and pregnancy. Things like choline, um, eggs are our number one source of mm-hmm. choline. And if we're not eating eggs, it's really challenging to meet that mm-hmm. choline need. Um, things like preformed vitamin A, which I think it's about uh, almost half of the U.S. population um, is deficient in wow. In vitamin A, and there's a uh, good percentage of the population that has a really hard time taking the plant vitamin A, beta mm. carotene, and mm. turning it into the active form. Um, so we, most of us, should really be focusing on getting some vitamin A directly from animal foods. Um, mm. And then there's even like some DHA in those eggs, especially if they're from pastured chickens. So Mm -hmm. even something as simple as that, like just taking that primary focus of let me just increase my protein a little bit, make sure I'm getting protein at each meal um, is going to help fill those nutritional gaps. And of course, even things like, oh, like fish or Mm -hmm. um, beef and, you know, all of those other protein sources, yogurt, all of those types of things are going to bring their own uh, vitamins and minerals that are so important during this time. So I I think for females, especially, that's a really good place to start. Like, Mm -hmm. let me just make sure I have a really good dose of protein at each meal. And that's, that's not, that's not complicated. (laughs) Um, Exactly. It's simple to either double the protein or like you said, eggs, eggs are, I love eggs. Eggs are just so easy to, to add into all sorts of meals. So that's, that's fantastic. Yes. And then for males, all of that is very important as well, but generalization, but typically males um, tend to be okay with their protein intake. Mm-hmm. For males, I think the easiest place to start is looking at antioxidant intake. So mm. the easiest way to think about this is lots of fruits and vegetables. Mm, yes. <laughs> so um, this, and this holds true for the females as well, but when a um, sperm is forming. It takes it takes roughly um, two to three months for for a uh, sperm to form, and um, this holds true for an egg, a female egg maturing as well. Through that sperm formation or that egg maturity process, your body uses a ton of energy to um, mature those cells. And whenever your body is using a lot of energy, a byproduct of that energy production is free radicals or oxidative damage. And that's totally normal. Like that just happens when we exercise, like that's just, you know, kind of how our bodies were designed. But that just means that we really need to focus on getting enough antioxidants through food to protect that Mm. sperm and the DNA. So going back to um, one of the original things I said, you know, uh, sperm can, sperm quality can impact the risk of miscarriage. And this is one of the ways that it can do that. So if there is any kind of like DNA damage in that sperm, One, the female egg is going to be less likely to accept it. And then two, if that egg does get fertilized with a damaged, um, with a sperm that has damaged DNA, then there's an increased risk of miscarriage. And the biggest thing that really protects that DNA damage as those cells mature is antioxidants. Mm. So really just getting tons of fruits and vegetables. Don't overthink it. Just try (laughs) to get fruits and vegetables with every meal. And and that's a great starting place. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I think about just working here in our home and increasing those the antioxidants for my husband, and it's just um, I even the small simple things, um, buying fresh fruit and keeping it on the counter, preparing yeah. a vegetable I know he likes to go with dinner. You know, uh, having that uh, bag of salad in there because he'll be more likely to grab that. Like simple changes that aren't stressful. Um, which just that goes such a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't overthink it either. Mm -hmm. Like some things are better cooked. Some things are better Mm -hmm. raw. So like just get a good variety, eat the things that you enjoy, try to, you know, kind of switch it up and not always getting the Mm -hmm. same fruit or vegetable, switch it up as much as you can, but just, Mm -hmm. just make sure that they're an abundant part of your diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's, Obviously, something that I feel like, thankfully, with the rise in people being more aware of wanting to eat healthier, healthier food is so much easier to come by. Um, I was just talking to someone from back home where I'm from, and we were discussing how a decade ago, you'd go into the grocery store, and you'd only have like a few kind of not really great looking options. But now you, you even go there in a small town, and you can have your pick of a variety of things that you might have not seen before, or you just want to take home. And I think that's just fantastic to just know that those options are out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And even like frozen vegetables, things Mm -hmm. like that are are totally great options as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love keeping them on hand for, for just quick meals and whatnot. Exactly. Um, but as as we're having this conversation, you know, I feel like it steps a little bit into a new space where um, there's a lot of a lot of stress, you know, when it does mm-hmm. come time to picking things, you know, like you said, keep it simple. I, I feel like we often, when we want to make these dietary changes, we overthink it. We start wondering, oh, maybe, maybe I need to spend a little extra on this. Maybe the budget doesn't allow it. Am I going to be okay? You know, it can be like mentally, there can be a, there can be a struggle there. So what is, how do you work through that with clients? What is something you would say to, to not feel so much angst when you're just say picking up a bag of frozen vegetables out of the freezer section? Yeah. And well, and that's one of the reasons I love working with people so much is because mm-hmm. I can like come in and read that voice of reason. <laughs> like, it is absolutely fine to get the frozen mm-hmm. vegetables. Like if that's what you need to do, then mm-hmm. that is absolutely better than not having any vegetables at all. And you're still going to get a ton of nutrition from there. Um, but I think like conceptually, I think it's really important to understand that there is no such thing as a perfect diet. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's always going to be room for improvement. And I hope that that is more empowering to you than like overwhelming because knowing that there is no end point means Mm -hmm. that you can just kind of like let go a little bit and just do the best that you can, because there's no, um, there's no like very specific thing that you're striving (laughs) for because there is no perfect diet. Um, Mm -hmm. honestly, if you were a client and you came to me and you're like, I'm doing like every single thing you've ever recommended ever on like Instagram and your newsletter and all these things, I would be slightly worried about the stress piece of like, Mm. okay, are that's great. All of those things absolutely matter, but your relationship with food and your attitude around food also matters tremendously. Mm. There's Mm -hmm. two really, really short um, quotes that I want to share that I think kind of embody this perfectly. Um, the first one is 
Even whole foods prepared properly according to traditional methods do us no good if we eat them with a grudge. Mm -hmm. They do not Mm -hmm. confer health on a person who does not forgive. And that was um, Sally Fallon from Nourishing Mm -hmm. Traditions, which I know that you are familiar with. And the other one is become too heady about it and the act of eating can be stripped of its heart and soul. Mm -hmm. And what kind of start to mothering would that be? And that is from a book called Awakening Fertility, which I think is really, really good um, on this kind of like mental side of fertility. And it goes into to nutrition and food quite a bit as well. But I think it's so good on that kind of mental aspect. Um, and I'm just a huge fan of intuitive eating. And this probably comes from years of working with the eating disorder population Um, But I think it's really helpful to kind of help us find that balance between, yes, getting all of these really important nutrients, um, but also doing it in a way where you can still live the life that you want to live. You don't have to think about food all of the time and Mm -hmm. you're not anxious about food. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And I think having that intuitiveness also just like helps solidify some of the things that you're learning. The protein example is the perfect kind of um, showcase of this. Let's say you're used to doing a bowl of cereal in the morning and you switch it to, you know, a bagel and a couple of eggs. Notice how you feel. Does that make you more satisfied? Does that give you more energy? Does that decrease your sweets cravings later in the day? Just starting to kind of notice some of those patterns is going to continue to reinforce um, those kind of more like factual education things that you're learning, but it's, it's framing it in a way where it's easier to do because it's like, I'm, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Not because I, Mm -hmm. you know, should do it. And we're always more likely to do those things if it is coming from that point of like, it's, you know, it's my decision. It makes me feel good. I know that this is serving me Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing it because someone else told me to. Mm, That's fantastic. Well, Alyssa, I want to just thank you for uh, for taking the time to to share all that with us today. I you, know, you gave me uh, I just enjoyed talking to you and hearing all of the things that you have brought to the table. Um, if someone is listening and they're now wondering how to connect with you, what would be the best place? Yeah. So um, as far as social media, I'm really only active on Instagram. So it's Alyssa Broadwater RD. And then my website is the same place, AlyssaBroadwaterRD.com. So either would be a great kind of jumping off point. Fantastic. Well, we're going to include both of those in the show link, in the link below. So you can check those out. But thank you so much for spending uh, time with us today and for sharing all of your wisdom. Of course, I enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning into the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Please share this episode with a friend and be sure to follow Baby Dust at babydust.substack.com for updates on all new episodes and free fertility resource guides. Until next time, I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Bye for now.